we we're back for season three, episode nine. We're back. How's it how's it going, guys? We all melting? We're busy melting together. Yeah, so today there's literally a government warning being like, don't go outside from the times of twelve PM to eight PM. Um, I'm lucky. It was really hot earlier, but then it started raining. Now it's down to like seventy-three, but you might hear some thunder in the background. God, I would kill for rain. Last yesterday we went outside and it was like only like 93, but it was like, yeah, it feels like 105. And I was like, I was up near your neck of the woods on Saturday, Evan. I was in DC. It was unbearably hot. It was awful. That's the one thing about DC. Like to me, like DC and New York, when you go to those places on hot days, they're just way hotter than what they're going to tell you it is. I think it's just because there's not that much like sheltering. Like there's not that many like trees around and stuff like yeah. that. It's just like because it's so much street and it's a lot of building and hot pavement. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And and DC is like flat. There's no like skyscrapers to shade you either. It's just flat. It's fucked up. The world is hot. And we're gonna do a speed run today because we got shit to do. We got places to go. Welcome back everybody to a shameless recap podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Amanda. I am Evan, your other host and who is our other host? I'm Lena. I'm your other host. This is the luck we had, and we this is the show where we recap episodes of Shameless, scene by scene, in monotonous detail, because that's the kind of crazy that we are, and we are currently- Everyone who listens to this already seen the show, so we don't have to do it too precisely. <laughs> so true. We're currently in the back half of season three, also known as the best half of season three. We're doing season three, episode nine, Frank the Plumber. Oh, such a good episode. <laughs> the title's like so funny too. I think it's hilarious. Throwback to the fucking Palin campaign, the, this title. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, casual homophobia, but this episode is very fun. Yeah. This episode is so much. I'm so excited. So let's just jump right into it, shall we? This episode aired on March 13th, 2013. That's about five days before my birthday. If me and Lena said how old we were, you would throw up right now. So we're just gonna... <laughs> Wait, how old were you in 2013? I would have been like 12. Wait, I gotta do some quick math. Because I would have turned was... 13 in October. I would have been 11, I think. It's eight years ago, so I was 17. Yeah. We're Great. we're little youngins. We're little babies. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Moving on from that, so I don't have to think about that too long. <laughs> this episode was written by the returning Krista Vernoff. This is the second of eight episodes she has written. Her first one was also in season three, May I Trim Your Hedges. Uh, she did this one, 502, Liver, I'm the Liver, 508, Uncle Carl, 603, The F Word, 703, Home Sweet Homeless Shelter, and 708, You Sold Me the Laundromat, and 803, God Bless Her Rotting Soul. All banger episodes. I know, this person got some good episodes underneath their belts. All banger episodes, Like, I'm, sure. I'm the liver, Uncle Carl, oh my god, and the F word, ugh, tasteful. The F word, um, You Sold Me the Laundromat, remember, and God, God Bless Her Rotting Soul is pretty good, too. That's the one where Ian is, like, I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Krista is also a producer. She was a producer from seasons three through eight. She's a busy producer. She's also a writer and producer on Grey's Anatomy and the short-lived show Rebel. They got a lot of people she... from Grey's Anatomy working on Shameless. Yeah. Krista remains booked and busy. Love that for her. And this episode was directed by our man, Mark Myloid. I love that dude. This is the back half of episodes he's directed. This is the eighth of 12 Shameless episodes he's directed, including... 
101, 109, but at last came a knock. That's the one. Mm -hmm. Uh, 112, Father Frank, full of grace. 201, summertime. 204, a beautiful mess. 211, just like the pilgrims intended. 301, El Gran Canyon, this one. 312, Survival of the Fittest. 409, The Legend of Bonnie and Carl. 412, Lazarus. And 904, right. Do right, vote vote right. right. Do Do right, right, vote right. Yeah. Um, he was a producer and writer on the original series, Shameless. That's why he directed the pilot as well. And there's also like a video he did, or like a lot of the time, I think it was the season four extras. They interviewed him like when they were talking about every character and there's a whole segment that they do on like Mickey and Mandy. And the way he talks about them, I'm like, I like this guy because it seems like he actually really cares for those characters. And the episodes he's directed are fucking bad. Like, Beautiful Mess, Just Like the Pilgrims Intended. Those are Monica episodes. Mm -hmm. And Survival of the Fittest, which is the season finale of season three. The Legend of Bonnie and Carl, fucking Lazarus, 412. Like, he directs banger episodes. Mm -hmm. So true. And then he just, like, fell off the face of Shameless after season nine. He was like, I'm fucking gone. (laughs) (laughs) He jumped on, well, he did Game of Thrones. He directs Secession. So he's succession. He's yeah, he is booked and busy and successful. Good for him. What is Secession about? I don't think I know about that show. I, it's like dark arrested development. Uh, yeah, I feel gotcha. like that's the best way I can describe it. And it has Kieran Culkin, Kieran Culkin in it, who was Wallace in Scott Pilgrim. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's another dysfunctional family show. It's like if the Gallagher's had just a billion dollars, sort of the same. <laughs> so vibes. it's literally Arrested Development, but like a little more evil because it's all it's all about like which sibling is going to take over the family company mm. when their dad retires. They're like fighting for the throne, essentially. I mean, it's kind of like Game of Thrones in that way. Yeah. So the synopsis of this episode 309 is Fiona starts a new office job, the cup company, but has a hard time fitting in with the corporate culture. Frank inadvertently becomes involved in the gay rights movement <laughs> where he meets Abraham Page, also known as Bradley Whitford. I know that Bradley Whitford is like super famous, super successful, but every time I look at him, I'm like, get out. The, the dad from Get Out. Yeah. <laughs> the dad I'm from like, Get Out. <laughs> the dad from Get Out. <laughs> I remember I was watching Get Out for the- I I was really late to the Get Out party, so I only watched that movie, like, a couple months ago for the first time. Maybe, like, six months ago. And I was watching it, and I was like, who? I was like, he looks so familiar. And, of course, I have that worm brains, how I recognize one character who's been in one episode of TV shows, i.e. Supernatural, Shameless. So, of course, he was- he was in Shameless. (laughs) yeah. He was also in uh, an episode of Parks and Recreation that was very, it was styled like the West Wing because he was a main character in the West Wing. So there was yeah. a lot of like West Wing references in his one episode of Parks and Recreation. Oh, you know who else Shameless took from the West Wing alum is uh, uh, Carl's partner in season 12, the guy who was like a pussy. Yep. Josh, yeah, 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 the cop. Josh something. Officer Tipping, yeah. but the actor's name is Josh something. He was also And they almost also took Alice and Janney. But <gasps> Oh, Joan- because yeah. she would have she would have played the original Sheila. Yeah, I think Joan Cusack did like the best job though. I think yeah. she did way better. I agree. I love Alice and Janney so much, but I feel like I don't know, Alice and Janey just has too much of a stern posture with her that like I don't think I could see her as like the very like laid back like like loopy you gotta watch mom i haven't seen mom i've only seen her in juno and i saw her in struck by lightning when she plays chris colfer's dad i mean chris what about (laughs) what about i tanya did you see i tanya no i didn't that movie was good 
You should have you ever it. seen Hairspray? She plays Amanda Bynes' mom. Oh yeah. <gasps> yeah. I forgot she's in yeah. that. But you gotta watch mom. She plays it's not Anna Kendrick, it's Anna Ferris. She plays <gasps> Anna Ferris's mom. They're both ex addicts. It's a sitcom. It's fucking hilarious. That sounds really good. Oh, I re- I think I remember seeing promo for that. I love Anna Ferris. She actually lit she went to the same elementary school as me. Oh no what? Yeah. She That's grew up awesome. in my town. Okay, so this week's previously on, of course, was done by Frank, because half of them are done by fucking Frank. <laughs> and previously, Karen is home and she exploded Mandy and Lip's relationship without even getting her hands dirty. Lip slept with her because he's an idiot. Jimmy got a job at a coffee shop. He's bad at it. And he ran into an old med school friend and then he's like lying that he's like training to be a manager of this place so he can buy a franchise of the coffee shop. Mickey was sexually assaulted by a woman Terry brought over after catching Ian and Mickey together. Sheila found out that Karen told the Wongs to take Jaime away. Fiona changed the locks and kicked Frank out and Frank moved in with Christopher, his friend from AA. Ah, love Christopher. We get the title sequence and then we open in the bathroom on a roach on Jimmy's toothbrush. <laughs> He's just like staring it down. It's so funny. If and then, I was him, I would be so upset too. I'd, I'd be, be so like, mad. He like throws it. If I was Jimmy two episodes later, I absolutely would call that house a slum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he like he's just having a stare down with the roach and he throws it back into the thing and just takes some mouthwash. Yeah, he's not using that tooth. Throw the toothbrush away. Why'd you put it back in its holder? Throw it away. He's got coffee shop things to do. <laughs> it's too busy. Me. Fiona is trying to put on office clothes, but what she's wearing is pretty clearly a club dress for a temp. She's got a temp job at an office today. And she asked Jimmy's opinion. He's like, that's good for clubbing. That is not, it's not appropriate for an office. No, he goes, he, he was, uh, he, she goes, is this a nice dress? And he goes, yeah, for a Coke orgy. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it's my nicest dress. He's like, I'm not saying it's, it's not a nice dress. I'm saying you can't wear it to an office. I'm not saying it's not nice, but yeah. But he is being grumpy and annoying because that's what working does to you, Jimmy. Downstairs, everyone's eating breakfast, feeding themselves, doing homework before school. And Fiona gives everyone the rundown. She's like, I don't know how late I'm going to be at the office today. I'm, it's like an actual job that I'm going to. And Lip and Ian are like, hey, you're overcompensating. We're perfectly capable of taking care of ourselves for one day. And she like feels guilty for making them latchkey kids. <laughs> but like, they were always latchkey kids. She just feels that like official title resting on her shoulders now that she's like. Every now and then it will just be like, she'll get into like mom mode being like, all right, guys, I'm not going to be here for a while. Make sure there's dinner in the oven, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, who do you think we are? <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing We've this. We've been doing this. Uh, meanwhile, while all that's happening, Mandy comes in the back door all quiet. She just wants to get some stuff she left at the house because she and Lip broke up. Uh, the honorary, the Gallagher's don't lock their back door so anyone will walk in at any fucking given time. I honestly, yep. that's like just a weird neighborhood thing that they always seem to do. But also it's like, who in their, I mean, because people are like, why would you do that? That's so dangerous. It's like, who in their right mind would like walk into the Milkovich house? Yeah. Just walk right? into the Gallagher house, like all willy nilly. It also makes sense because it seems like everyone uses like the back door for entrance and stuff like that more so the front door that could just be them with their set designing and needing the different shots and not wanting to have the exterior but i feel like it makes sense because the front door is probably locked and then everyone just comes in and out the back door but also they're up and and about in the morning like you unlock your doors in the morning you're you're moving and doing shit yeah 
Uh, but it also gives, like, her coming in the back door right now reminds me of, like, next season, like, a little parallel moment, and it's, it's nice. Oh, when she comes, when she comes in, she's like, your wife is in labor, and then Mickey's like, I literally do not care. Don't give a oh, shit Oh, no, I'm all. talking about when Mickey walks in the back door and goes, like, Ian upstairs? And she goes, yeah. And he walks up, and they're like, Ian's upstairs? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, here. I was thinking of specifically Mandy walking in the back door like talking to lip and then she's like is mickey here and then mickey comes downstairs and then she's like well let's go to the hospital your wife's in labor and he's like tell her i said good luck <laughs> <laughs> i'm physically incapable of not talking about season four the closer mm-hmm. we get to season four. Oh yeah so good just there's too many things that are just foreshadowing that i'm just like we need to talk <laughs> uh so yeah mandy comes in and lip asks is like is it wrong if i just like leave for school and Ian kind of stares him down in that like go fucking talk to her kind of way (laughs) and he guilts Lip into going upstairs but meanwhile at Frank and Christopher's house they've got their domestic little morning routine they're so aren't they like sword fighting with their toothbrushes or something it's so funny they have toothbrushes in the kitchen so they can brush their teeth after they eat breakfast and then they're just like sword fighting (laughs) they're just having a domestic little time having a good day and Frank is in the newspaper reading about queer people who are arguing that domestic partnership rights aren't the same as marriage equality because they're not because this is 2013 and national marriage equality does not happen for two more years at this point. Um, and Frank is having a flare up of gout in his foot, super gross. And Christopher offers to get Frank an appointment at his doctor's office because he thinks like a person with insurance thinks is like, oh, you have a problem with your body. You should go to the doctor. And Frank's like, I don't have insurance. So what did why would I go to the doctor? Uh, because America is a hellscape. And then Frank says some offensive things about Asian people um, and doctors. Oh, yeah, because Christopher goes like a uh, nice Asian lady, small hands or something like that. And then like Frank just goes off on his tangent. Yep. Because the show just won't resist an, an opportunity to slam Asian people for no reason at all. I like I know they have black people in the writer's room and like gay people in the writer's room. I I do they have Asian people in the writers room? I like I genuinely I, doubt I genuinely it. do not know. From the way they've written like Asian people before and like the words they've used to call them and just the scenarios they put them in makes me think there isn't one because it's a very whitewashed situation all the time when there's like an Asian character on screen. Yeah, yeah. I mean I didn't make it that far into the UK adaptation, but like I wonder if it was like the same with like all of the fucking racism. Other characters they can't other be than racist Frank. if they hate everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess. so bullshit. I, I feel like it's a uniquely American. Like I'm not saying other countries aren't terrible toward Asian people, but I feel like Americans are like especially terrible towards Asian people for like absolutely no. Fucking well, if reason. you want to get into history, there are historical, but also like the um the internment camps and all that stuff, like. America, yep. our track record is we not did that. very good. Yeah, we we a little, little sketchy still. <laughs> and like, it's bad enough when they like have Frank or whatever say a racist joke, but when they have like an Asian actor have to participate in the offensive thing, mm-hmm. it makes me feel so bad that that actor had to do that for a fucking check. Like, yeah, I know this is this is like a a long stretch, but I was watching season ten again like a little bit ago, and do you remember when Kev does that whole thing like trying to find V like a girlfriend? And they end yeah. up choosing yeah. that one girl and then they, they, uh, her and V go back and forth, like, just talking about the stereotypes of themselves. And I'm like, hmm, I hope the proper people wrote that scene. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is one thing to have Frank, who's, like, an anti-hero, be, like, racist on screen. But it's another thing when you have, like, random characters just, like, say that shit and you're just like, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. This is just an aspect of the show that, like, as a white person, I never noticed until we started analyzing this, like, in depth. And I was like, oh, fuck. I think I noticed in it, like, but I was never, like... I don't know. I noticed that, like, they were racist and they said horrible things. I never noticed how horrible they were towards Asian people so Specifically, yeah, Yeah, Asian people and Jewish people. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like as a white person, it is kind of hard for me to talk about it because it sounds like I'm championing a cause that I don't belong to. But I am like, I'm like, hey, if any Asian people, like, are speaking out about it online or whatever, hit my line. Let me know. DM us. I want to hear what you have to say. (sighs) And yeah, Frank says one of the stupid things he always says that accurate is not racist because what you said wasn't even accurate, you piece of shit. Throw the whole man away. Didn't Lip say that in the first season? He was like, facts cannot be racist. Oh yeah, because it's like when that guy guy, like comes in, he's like, where's my paper? And he's like, where's my 50 bucks? Yeah, and he he tried to short him or whatever. And he said, quote... Koreans are the are the Asian Jews, I think. Yeah. Like they're yes, greedy. And I was like, fucking double whammy. <laughs> Damn. Two double one. homicide. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we know the show is like shameless. It's meant to be this way, but like it just hits you in the face sometimes and it's a fucking lot. Moving back into the Frankland, he's got a light bulb moment that Christopher has a city job and a city pension. And that Frank living with Christopher means that those two qualify for domestic partnership rights. And Frank can get on Christopher's insurance that way and go to the doctor. Which, like, he does have a point, even though he did seriously use the word heterophobia in his... his And I like that this also kind of, like, it's, it's not the same context, but in season 10, when Mickey and Ian are, like, trying to find a way to, like, protect each other like getting married for the benefits and then you have those two guys at the milkovich house they're like yeah they were like we don't have to testify each other we've been legally married for like eight years we just like we vibe we have a great time and kind of like almost like, well because they're like we both still have sex with women like but we're like married because we're partners in crime and terry's <laughs> yes. like and terry's like i'm gonna pretend like i did not just hear that <laughs> <laughs> But I would like to state for the fact, I feel like I speak for all of us when I say that this podcast is heterophobic, actually. Oh, um. 100%. <laughs> Three queer besties. What are you going to do about it? Sorry. I know love is love, but. <laughs> yeah, literally. Filming. I'm making a hand heart right now. I'm like, wait, Aw. no, you no, have you have to do the, the K-pop heart. Oh, the one. Yeah. <laughs> We're filming this in the last day of Pride Month. Um, So we, we are still heterophobic and will remain that way even through july even when rainbow capitalism goes away but back at the gallagher's mandy is packing up her stuff and lip actually he stayed he goes into the room to talk to her about their fight that they had in the last episode and mandy asks why does karen still have pictures of you on her facebook page and lips like i don't know i don't go on fucking facebook i don't know and, like, I fully believe that about Lip. He doesn't give a single shit yeah, about Facebook. Like, Ian, Ian is a canonical Facebook and Instagram and Twitter user, though. That is yeah. so funny to me. Ian, Ian on Instagram, like... Being a gay rights activist. Hey, guys. Just, like, doing... I, he's such an influencer. Debbie 
probably has an Instagram where all she does is post pictures of Franny. Oh, no, remember yeah. she had her um, lesbian business The Instagram. lesbian convict. Yeah, but that was for business. I'm True. talking about for pleasure. <laughs> she definitely does OOTDs because she thinks she's hot shit. She does OOTDs. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's like, lookbook, and it's like, well, it's like a welding outfit. <laughs> yeah. It definitely when she had her, like, little uh, money scam with all the debit cards when she was getting all this cutesy outfits, I bet she was like, she went full influencer. Hey. Yeah. yeah, I bet Carl uses Reddit and Twitter. <laughs> oh, Carl yeah. uses iFunny. Yes, for sure. Carl Carl's <laughs> definitely a Reddit user. Carl uses Discord. Le- no, Liam uses Discord. Liam uses Discord, and he's also an intellectual. He is on Twitter. <laughs> Lip goes on Twitter sometimes every once in a while, but only to, like, look shit up. He doesn't use any fucking social media. Now, well, that. no, now that he's, like, a dad, because Tammy, I feel like, is probably pretty active on Facebook. Now that he's a dad, he, I like, bet he's has a, a fa- dad. He, ha- he has a Facebook, but he only uses it to post pictures of Tammy and Freddie. He has it because yeah, Tammy's true. family needed to put him in, like, the family tree on Facebook, so it says, like, him and Tammy Eddie are in a relationship. Yep. yep. <laughs> but anyway, Mandy, back in season three, Mandy kisses Lip and tells him to unfriend Karen on Facebook. And then she tells him that he has an appointment with an MIT alumni. So I guess they didn't break up. He has an appointment with an MIT alumni and she applied to a bunch of schools for him and he's fucking pissed about it. Um, um No, yeah, they didn't break up. They just like had a fight because he was like, I want you to go back home to your own house. And she got upset about it. So she was like coming to be petty and like be like, okay, fine. You never want me here. Like, I'm just gonna move all my stuff back to my house. And, but I don't think they were like, I don't think they like officially broke up. I think they were just like having a fight. Yeah, because yeah. she doesn't know about him and Karen yet obviously so she thinks it's just kind of like she's trying to wheeze her way in there yeah Yeah. over the balls Fiona is borrowing a work outfit a work appropriate outfit from V's librarian collection uh for when she does role play for her website and Fiona asks if guys get PMS Kev says no and V says yeah you do and Fiona says Jimmy's been super quiet and Kev has a killer line he's like we get quiet for one minute and you think we're rethinking the relationship when all we're thinking is I wonder if there's any cheese (laughs) me I want cheese I have free cheese in the fridge I want that mozzarella cheese go-to snack just like the shredded Mm. I eat that shit raw. Oh my god, the brie cheese from Trader Joe's, you will be. Yes. Oh my god, the triple cream one. Literally cheese. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, cheese all Literally the way. Cheese. <laughs> Kevin got one thing right, and that's cheese. So Kevin and us are like shaking hands. We're like, cheese. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but this spirals into Kevin V fighting about whether or not to circumcise their kid that they're trying to have. And Fiona says, well, if you do get pregnant and have a boy, you have to circumcise it because guys who are, are uncut are nasty. And Kev is happy for the backup and V looks like upset that Fiona is not on her side because V is very anti-circumcision. I never yeah. realized how controversial of a topic it was to like for like cut or uncut or whatever like that until like I started watching Shameless. Should we yeah. share our opinion? I mean, I don't really <laughs> have we? an opinion. I don't care. It's literally I don't like, have an it opinion. Has I literally no do not care. It has no I don't want anything I don't want anything to do with it either way. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, um, I don't care. Not for actually. me, but make your own choice. Yeah. Uh over at the Jacksons, uh Debbie Debbie's dropping Liam off for Sheila to watch, but Jody has to he has to go to work and Sheila won't get off the couch since she found out about Karen sending Jaime away. 
she's like super fucking upset about losing Jaime and she's pissed at Karen. And Jody is like soft and sweet with her. He's like, Debbie's here with Liam. That'll cheer you up. You have to like, you have to like get up off the couch. Jody's so sweet. <laughs> He's like barely in this episode. Like he does that and he leaves, but I love him. Uh, but Sheila tries to assure Debbie that she's fine. But when Karen comes downstairs and Sheila like won't speak to her, Debbie sees like that shit is going on and Karen leaves and Sheila cries and Debbie's like, well, I'm not going to school today. Isn't That's it so funny happening. when she like calls Fiona and she's like, code pink. Oh yeah, we'll get to <laughs> code that. Pink. Yeah. I was like, okay, code pink. <laughs> but over at the coffee place, Jimmy is dealing with an asshole customer and Jimmy almost snaps at him until his teenage manager comes over and tells him just to remake a fucking drink. That's literally rule number one. The guy is so funny. He's like, he was like, dude, you need to remake my drink. And he goes, bone dry. Fuck. Like, he just like, he's like, bone dry. Yeah. About the cappuccino. He's like, I wanted it bone dry. I was like, you wanted foam and espresso. Okay. That when people, people don't know how to order drinks. I do have people like that, but it is like- I have to steam like pitchers of milk like multiple oh times my God. to get I, it all, to get all that foam, especially if they get like the largest size. I'm like, I cannot. I had this regular who would come in every single day at 6 p.m. get three venti triple, extra extra dry cappuccinos. When I tell you, you would know better, Lena. To get that much foam, you have to put still a little bit extra. You can't put a little bit of milk and expect you're going to get that foam. It takes at least like two and a half steam pitchers just to get foam for a venti. And it takes so much time. One drink is fine because this guy's a dick. But when it's in a rut, when you're just being a normal barista. Yeah, uh it's like at least, at least he comes in at like 6 p.m. Because my regular comes in at like 8 in the morning. And I'm like. God damn. I'm like, that's the prime time. (laughs) that's the prime time i can't just stop what i'm doing to steam these milk pitchers yeah oh god actually like in our work group chat the other day somebody was like shout out to this other employee for making this like bone dry cappuccino without using multiple pitchers of milk and we were all like respect (laughs) (laughs) the the perils of being a barista with shitty customers but his teenage manager is like hey just remake the fucking drink and shut the fuck well, up. Did we like, say that guy is a character actor, the teenage manager? Because I feel like he's definitely- I've seen him in a million I've things. seen him in a bunch of Disney stuff. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay. So like J- Jimmy, it's like when you're a barista and then, or like any food service, like the no- like the first thing you do when someone's like, you screwed this up because you're like, oh, I'll remake it. It's literally not a big deal. But like, I just don't understand why Jimmy was like arguing with this guy. I was like, put your pride aside for like two seconds. Just remake the drink. Like- I asked for a bone dry, like, who care? It's a concept of just, like, a way too rich, too better than everyone mentality working at, like, a normal paying job. And he's like, "Mm, I'm too good for this. And I'm like, "Mm, no, you're not. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like everybody should work a job like that at least once. Everyone needs to work at Starbucks for at least six months and then you can talk to us. Yeah, just not even just Starbucks, just general, like, food service or retail. That way, like, you can really just understand what it's like to, like, be a worker among the masses. (laughs) Like, it really, nothing humbles you like that. But at over at school, uh, Lip is being a fucking asshole to Mandy about applying to these colleges for him because God forbid she try and give him options for a future. He's being such a dick to her about it. He's like yelling at her in the hallway. Like in the middle of the hallway. It's yeah. funny though because like the two of them are arguing, arguing. Ian's just walking behind like la la la. Yeah, Lip tries to get Ian on his side and Ian is like, I am not getting in the middle of this. Absolutely not. 
Yeah. And Karen walks by and Mandy clocks it and goes, walk the fuck away. Oh my God, you sounded just like her. (laughs) The shot is so funny because it's just like, you're like Manny's point of view and you're like following Karen walk down the hallway. Well, yeah, like Mark Myla, this scene is really cool because there's like a kind of rotating camera angle that Mm -hmm. they have going in like a half circle or whatever. But I think this is Mandy's best look. I agree. The leather jacket. I think this is her best. This is her best outfit. She's got the bangs on. Like, um, this is her best look. And the loose, the loose lips sink ships shirt. It's so funny that Bradley Whitford is in this episode because this is a very West Wing shot. Like the walk down the hall, the walk down the hall kind of shot is like what what the West Wing is famous for. And Mark doing that, following down the hall, and like we're on the Mandy conversation, we're on the lip conversation, we're looking at Karen, and then we're on Mandy and Ian, and then Mandy goes away, and it's just circled around Ian in mm-hmm. this scene and the whole. Yes, that's the coolest transition ever. Uh huh. I agree. I was about to say that then, like how everyone disappears, and then it just kind of like zooms in on Ian. Yeah. This camera work is brilliant. Like I, I forgot to look for a cut, but I wonder if there even is one. Like I wonder if it's just one big. I scene. think there is because wait, mm, it's like right at the very end. Like I think because it stops and then cuts to just like a still frame of Ian being like, uh. yeah. So like she's like she's like I'm not gonna let fuck up the life like the way Mickey's fucking up his, and she walks into the classroom and it spins around like slowly. And it's like a close up on Ian and he looks shocked. And then it cuts to a behind shot of Ian just like yeah. standing alone in the middle of the hallway. And it's like cinematography. The bell rings and everyone goes into the yes. classrooms and he's left alone. Cinema. Cinema. <laughs> Mark, you did kill it in this one. And because in this scene, like Lip screams that Mandy is not his mother and she's not in charge of if he goes to college. And I'm not, I'm just gonna say right now, Jeremy Allen White looks really good in this like black jacket and he's i like when he screams he looks really good in this episode like he's really hot and mandy says men are never right that's why women were invented to think for you assholes and uh that's when like like you said she drops the bomb mickey is getting married to the whore he knocked up um and the bell rings and we're left on that beautiful spinning shot of ian like it's so good it's bomb drop bell rings crowd disperses zoom in on ian like it's so good it's so good and at sheila's house debbie is making the classic poor person meal uh cinnamon toast and coffee Mm, cinnamon cinnamon sugar toast is so fucking good it hits like no other Uh, a layer of butter and then cinnamon and sugar it hits like nothing else like (laughs) i don't think you guys understand (laughs) That was my comfort food. My, I like my dad growing up was like not really a health freak, but he never had like snacks or he never had like little things or whatever. So like my breakfast was cinnamon toast every morning. My mom used to make that for me all the time. Yeah. But Debbie makes that for her and coffee, but Sheila can't stop crying. And whatever you do, don't think about baby Debbie taking care of Monica like this. Mm, Um, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) And then at her temp office job, Fiona is like pulling down her skirt she borrowed from V and she meets her manager, who's actually like a really sweet looking lady. And uh, she shows her around the place. It's a very run of the mill office. Cubicles, mostly nice, complete with free donuts. Speaking of the office manager, Connie, she is in a Disney. Sh- she was in a Disney show called Lab Rats. She played the principal. Oh, with Hal Sparks. Yeah. So it's like also connected with this actor that we were talking about earlier. The kid who works at the coffee shop with Jimmy. They're both on like they're both Disney people. That's so I'm like, funny. Oh, yeah. connections. 
I feel like the Showtime to Disney pipeline is is much stronger than one may think. Though. Yeah, we got Dove Cameron too. Oh yeah, Dove Cameron pre like plastic surgery. Yeah, like Hal Sparks was one of the main characters of Showtime's biggest gayest show, and he's like the star of Lab Rats. That's yeah. insane. Because you're really like I feel like a lot of the times like Disney doesn't want to cast people who've already been on like pretty like edgy Racy stuff. Yeah, edgy well, things. I mean, because it's like ideally. If they're just, like, a one-off random character. Like, if they're not, like, the star of the show, then it's, like, fine. I mean, that's why Dove Cameron didn't, like, return to Shane. Yeah, because she had one like, episode. They, recast- they recasted Holly. Um, but, yeah. I mean, they probably don't care if it's, like, just kind of, like, a side character or whatever. But I feel like a main yeah. character, they'd be, like... Or at least they used to be that way. I mean, now, like, whenever I see, like, Olivia Rodrigo stuff, I'm, like... This this 17-year-old girl is, like, swearing all up and down her Instagram. I'm like, old yeah. Disney stars would never be able to do that. That makes yeah. me think that she's not, like, in a Disney contract anymore because she already had her new album and there's many a cuss words in her first album. No, there's gonna be, um... Is she in the second season of High School Musical? Yeah. She might have just um, had good management that... that- that didn't let her contract be too fucking strict. She's 18 Probably. as of now, I know that. I I Googled her the other day. But anyway, back at Fiona's job. It's just a cold calling job. She's reading off a script, uh, trying to re-up people on their orders for this cup company. Um, and Fiona gets nervous and she makes a joke. Because the whole thing is like, Fiona calls the person and convinces them to re-up with them. And then she transfers them to sales. So she's like, so I'm the fluffer and they're the happy ending. And the office manager is like, uncomfortable. But Fiona's like... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would have laughed my ass off. That's so funny. But then, like, obviously, she's in a new professional environment, so they're yeah, like, obvious. and they're like, and they're like a family-owned company, so they're like weird about that stuff. Because I feel like an, in a normal office, they would be like, haha, yeah, like, because like it's like we're all adults here, but since they're like a family-owned company, they're like, um, <laughs> they're like, uh. <laughs> and then at I think like City Hall, Frank is trying to file for a domestic partnership with Christopher. And he's being an asshole to the city employee, but letting her get a sent by not get- letting her get a sentence out about the rules. But then she does call them you people, and it was kind of homophobic. So fuck you. I didn't realize that it was an attack on them being gay. I thought it was just like white people trying to take advantage of the system, is what she was referring well, to. Well, no, because before, no, before gay marriage was legalized it was like domestic partnership was like what you were able to do so you got Mm -hmm. basically all the benefits of marriage but not actually being married it's Uh. like legal roommates like legally married oh my god dennis and mac literally dennis and mac literally the the workaholics uh they have like one of the season finales is about how they've been common law married for like seven years or whatever because they lived together for the past like seven years and they're like you guys were married (laughs) Meanwhile, over at work, Fiona goes off script, but she's on a call with somebody and she goes off script because the guy said he was unhappy with the, uh, I think the delivery guy. And Fiona's like, well, here's how you fix that problem. And she convinced them to re-up with their sales department. So like she goes off script, but she got the sale. So like, she's good at this job and sure her manager kind of calls her out for it. She's like, they say this, you say this, they say this, you say this. And like, I get that you're trying to like, she cursed a little bit. You're trying yeah. to keep her under standards and practices, but like she got the sale. Yeah, because well, think- that was a problem that the script wouldn't have covered. Yeah. Because it had nothing to do with the company. It had to do with the delivery. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I remember like she, the lady's not really paying attention. And then like immediately when Fiona, so she was like, well, that fucking sucks. Like she immediately like just like turns her head and is like watching her. And I understand it from the professional value of like she cussed, but I'm like, 
she the 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 customer had no problem with that we're all adults here the customer was was actually really happy with the way that she listened and solved the problem for her and then gave you guys money so exactly uh but fiona also gets a call from debbie's school that debbie did not show up and she's momentarily confused but then she's like oh yeah debbie is sick like she rolls with it and covers for her and then over to kevin v making some porn together but before they start Fiona calls and asks V. She's like, hey, can you check in on Debbie for me? She didn't go to school. To- like, V is on top of Kevin. Oh, is this when they're doing the gimp thing in the nurse? Yeah, because his leg is, like, his up leg in is the- broken. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, up in the slinger, and she's wearing, like, a nurse outfit. Mm-hmm. And she, like, unzips her shirt, and she's like... <laughs> I love her. Uh, she- I'm pretty sure she's, like, fully topless. She- yeah, she's like, what, V? <laughs> And V says, fine, I will go check on Debbie, but uh, you have to go to the circumcision website and get on my side of this argument. And Fiona's like, okay, what, whatever, fine. Isn't it like don'tcutit.org? Don't or cut it off. <laughs> yeah. And she goes to the website on her work computer. Do this later. Do this on your phone. What are you doing? She has an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, well, I would have forgot, but if I was Fiona. But no, she can't do it on her phone because they don't want her on her phone because it's a personal call. That's why she like got in trouble for making personal calls. Do it at lunch. Do it later. Do it not right now on your work computer. Yeah, I know. I feel like I, I feel like I would have forgotten. But it, it's not just the fact that she goes on the website. It's the fact that she leaves it up in the background. <laughs> leaves it after up. she's done looking at it, she leaves the tab open, just like in the background on her desktop. And I'm like, girl, close that shit. Naked ass dick. And like her. Her coworker looks over the cubicle behind her and sees all of the dicks and like, yeah. He's like squinting and then he puts his glasses on and he's like, what? And then he calls over the other lady and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> looking at you. <laughs> over to, back to Frank. He's waiting for the bus when he happens upon a political rally and takes the attention away from the guy speaking with one of his big sweeping Frank speeches about not being on his partner's insurance benefits. And while he's speaking, he misses the bus, which is just fucking hilarious. So it's Frank being like giving a big Frank rant and being and raising a ruckus when there's news people around and that'll come back for him later. And then at work, Fiona gets a text that Debbie is not at home and we see her supervisor and her coworker are still watching her because like you said, she still has the fucking website up. Debbie is painting Sheila's nails because she finally got Sheila to sit up. And she says, sometimes when you're feeling really bad, you make yourself look better on the outside so you feel better on the inside. My mom calls it taking it from the outside in. Um, That's literally so true. I do that all the time. If I'm sad, I'll like do my makeup and I'll be like, I feel very cute right now. Okay, I feel better. <laughs> but like Debbie quoting Monica is like a lot. Yeah, like, okay. I know how we're all like, oh, Debbie like turned from being like normal to like a weirdo, but- I, like, people on TikTok, like, make a lot of videos about Debbie and, like, her character development and stuff. Like, because obviously her character development went in a bad way. Kind of Mm -hmm. to contrast the fact that Ian was like, I may have bipolar, but I'm not Monica. Debbie was like, I don't have bipolar, but I am Monica. Yep. Um, Yep. Because it wasn't just the fact that Monica was bipolar. She was also an addict and a narcissist and all that stuff. But um, people are like... Well, you guys defend Lip to the world's end when he's like an asshole, but Debbie was conditioned by the same shit and becomes an asshole and you guys hate her. Smells like misogyny. And I'm like, yes, but also she did do some things. The Maddie, the Maddie situation, that is for real. She did a couple more questionable things. And it's not like we don't call Lip out when he does over the line things. Like yeah. Lip fucks up and we call him out for it. Like the Matt like the Maddie thing in the in the Derek situation is obviously something that I'm like, okay, irredeemable. 
But yeah. like the other stuff, like being bossy or like the whole like whatever, I'm like, well, I feel like the other people, like the other members of the family have done like way worse stuff that we've forgiven them for. Yeah. I feel like when, I feel like by the time that she's at like that kind of attitude wise, it's I've written her off as a character so that whenever <laughs> she speaks, I'm like, can you just shut the fuck up? Yeah. Like, I just don't care about well, you. Well, sometimes I look at Emma <laughs> Kenny and I'm like, I am kind of a little bit in love with you. Yeah. So <laughs> I do have a little bit of, um, I, I, I do cut Debbie a little bit of slack sometimes because I am very in love with Emma Kenny. <laughs> But anyway, the phone rings, Debbie answers it, and she lets Fiona know it's a code pink because they have Monica codes. It's a Monica-related code word. So she says, code pink, and Fiona's like, is Monica back? And Debbie's like, no, it's a Sheila code pink. She'll explain later. Mm, I love her. And Sheila feels really bad. That's when Sheila realizes, she's like, wait a minute, what time is it? Are you missing school? Are you missing school for me? And like, uh, Debbie's like, it's okay. School is lame and everybody is mean. And Sheila's like, my daughter is a mean girl. And I don't know how that happened. <gasps> okay, this line that Debbie Debbie delivers, I have never been rocked harder than a line when I was rewatching this. If how we turn out is all about how our mother is, then I'm pretty screwed, right? because Sheila (laughs) no because like Sheila's like I was such a good mother I don't know how she turned out to be such a mean girl and then Debbie's like I'm gonna be pretty screwed right and you can see Sheila's face just like drop being like oh fuck I need to not have this pity party for myself that much anymore Sheila see here's the thing is that it's like Monica wasn't a good mother but a lot of it was absolutely her fault. Like, mm-hmm. some of it, obviously, it's, like, the bipolar. It's, like, that's not her fault that she has that. But, like, obviously, that doesn't give you an excuse to be an asshole. It's, like, she had her moments between the addiction and between bipolar episodes where, like, you can see that she genuinely cared about her kids. And if she didn't have all these obstacles, she probably would have been a halfway okay mom. Yeah, but, like, Sheila is, like, I'll, like, I'll say it. She wasn't the best mom. She was good, but she wasn't, like, the best and yeah. but it wasn't her fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the thing. Also, because Eddie was like a fucking asshole. Yeah, Eddie was the worst, and he wasn't a great parent to pair with Sheila, who also had her own things. Yeah, she had an emotionally abusive husband, and she had this disorder weighing on her that like prevented her from being a better mom. Yeah, and standing up to Eddie. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, at school. Meanwhile, I hate this scene. <laughs> Lip is fucking Karen in a bathroom stall loudly. In the middle of school. And then all you, there's the shot of outside the bathroom and all the girls are leaving out of the bathroom because they're just being so loud. Like, my guy, do you want Mandy to murder you? What are you doing? He just doesn't care. Yeah, she asked why he doesn't just dump Mandy and he ignores it to keep fucking her. That's the thing. Is like, he, like, I feel like he's like having hate sex with Karen the whole time. But then when she's actually like, okay, you should break up with Mandy or whatever. Like, cause then he like talks to her. I think maybe it's like the next episode or the episode after before he finds out about the car. Then he like, he when he goes to her and he's like, I, we have to be done. Like I am in a relationship with Mandy. Like she's good for yeah. me and whatever. But he's like so self-destructive. That That's he... in this episode actually. Oh yeah, where he like goes to her and yeah. like breaks up with her for real. And yeah, then... it's like at the end of this scene and then that's when Karen makes that phone call. Mandy's like, surprise. <laughs> yeah. Like meanwhile in class, Ian Ian is like whispering to Mandy while they're taking a test. He's like, is Mickey seriously getting married? And she's like, yeah, he knocked her up. And he's like, is Terry, is Terry forcing Mickey to marry her? And Mandy says, she doesn't know. Why do you give a shit? Of course, Terry is forcing him to marry her. 
Ian, come on, you're not this stupid. Ian, just put the put the pieces together, sir. He is this stupid though. <laughs> <laughs> he's that dumb in love that he is that stupid. He's he's my little my little guy. He's my little himbo. But also Mandy being like, why do you give a shit? Like it's fucking obvious your gay best friend and your brother who's a little fruity. Yeah. I feel like Mandy has to know at this point. She does not know until the wedding. Like she subconsciously. Does not know. Yeah. Like I, obviously she doesn't know, but I feel like she ha- her the gears got to be turning. She knows. Like yeah. she suspects maybe, but she's like no, like she's in denial about it. Um meanwhile at work, Fiona is like a little kid walking into the lunchroom with her sack lunch with nowhere to sit, so she goes to eat at her desk. I would also like to raise issue with this. There is no there is no time in corporate America where everybody in the office is taking lunch at the same time. You take it at different times so that productivity never stops. Mm-hmm. They're all just in the break room like, hey. Yeah, she, but she's got nowhere to sit. So she just goes back to her desk where the dicks are still up on her computer. Girl, close the tab. And then she hears Frank's disembodied voice and she finds her gay coworker watching the video of Frank from earlier ranting at the guy that was speaking. Oh, by the way, we know this character is gay because they like to fill his desk with pride, pride flags. <laughs> they put like, no, they put like one little pride flag on his desk and they were like, okay, guys, did you catch it? Yeah. <laughs> this is a gay character. <laughs> and like, yes, we did because we're looking for those ones and that's what we would do at our desks too. But still, but she hears Frank's voice and finds him watching the video of Frank from earlier. And then he finds out Frank is her dad and apologizes. Yeah, because she's like, Jesus, Frank. And he's like, do you know him? She goes, yeah, that's my dad. And he was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's like, I kind of narked on you about the porn at your desk and the personal phone calls. He was like, the little, the bitches in the office might have narked on you for the porn and the personal phone calls. And he was like, by bitches, office bitches, I mean me. <laughs> well, and she's just, and she's, she's like, porn? <laughs> and then suddenly Fiona sees the dicks still up on her computer and her, the woman that showed her around earlier calls her into the supervisor's office and her coworker is like, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. <laughs> like I genuinely love this guy. I wish that they had gotten to be like best work friends. Well, especially because I feel like if he went up to Fiona and was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like instead of just going behind her back, like I feel like if he went up to her and was like, "Hey, like what is this? this is making me uncomfortable?" And if she was like, "Oh, like I'm so sorry, my friend is like trying to have a baby and she asked me to look at this circumcision website. Like I'll put it, I'll I'll turn it off right now." Then it would be like, "Okay, everything's fine. We don't need to go to upper management." But no, yeah. you wanted to go behind her back. But she does do that when she gets into, we meet Mike Pratt, and fuck, he looks like a Ken doll. Like, that's that's just what he looks He's like. Handsome. He's I handsome. I like him. I, I like him a little bit. <laughs> I like him a lot. He was in something I saw him in recently, and I was like, oh, hey, that's, that's that guy. But she walks into his office. He's eating his lunch, too. And he tells her, they sit at his, at his desk. And he's like, people kind of complained about your language and some personal calls. And she's like, I have five kids. They're my, they're not my kids. They're my siblings. Um, And one of them, their school called. And that's what that was. And I'll be happy to clock out early and work late. And she's like, and the dick thing is my friend is having a baby. And it's a circumcision website. And she just like, he, it's verbal diarrhea. It's like so <laughs> cute. And he's sitting there just like watching her. And she's like, am I fired? And he's like, I am trying to find a way to enter this conversation without an HR complaint coming back on me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know why she was so stressed about... I mean, maybe because, like, if she got sent home early, like, then they wouldn't pay her for the temp job. But she was only supposed to be there for, like, a day, right? Mm-hmm. Like, literally yeah, only cause a there's, day. Because the temp, the temp agency is supposed to send a new person every day. So it's like, well, if you get in trouble, like, 
you're only there for a day. I mean, but they did yeah. ask her, they did request her to come back for like the duration of whatever they needed her for. But it was like, all else fails, like, it's a day. But like, truly, their chemistry like clicks in this scene too, because she's worried that she's fired. And he's like playing a fun game of like word type, type rope, just trying to like participate in the conversation without being inappropriate to his female coworker. And he's like, I'm so sorry, please don't sue me. She's like, I'm so sorry, please don't fire me. And they're cute, man. I they're liked cute. Him. I liked him so much. I liked him so much. I feel so bad for him. Like, and he's like, just watch the language. You're doing a great job. I heard about the person that are the problem with the delivery person that you took care of. And I love that. And I'm like, he's charming. And I like this for her. Yeah, no, he's like the nicest side male character that hasn't said anything bad yet <laughs> yeah well yeah. no i mean i don't think he ever really no does, he doesn't but, then, but this is like really. the first taste we get of a nice man yeah so when they went to like the bears game and he was in that little outfit i was like i want him but here back at their meet cute he asked her he's like like nothing bad just happened in that meeting he's like but can you when you leave can you like act like you're upset so i can maintain my my appearance of as a tough boss and she's like do you have that he's like i'm really really trying to establish that and like it gave me like patrick brewer vibes and i really liked it he does have patrick vibes right who's patrick it's patrick from, from Schitt's, Schitt's creek, creek. Mm. patrick brewer yes he does give me patrick vibes actually right yeah it's really cute so she like pretends to wipe away her tears and walks back to her desk and at the coffee house her shitty boyfriend uh, he gets paid, and it's like half of what he was expecting because he forgot taxes. Taxes exist, and he was docked for all the refills he gives Nando. He was like, "All the refills you're giving to your boyfriend over there," and he goes, "I I don't know him. I don't. I don't. I've never spoken to him." And he was like, "Yeah, all the free refills. Make sure you don't know him." That's a, like Nando probably could have paid for his own refills. But Nando's a little shit, so he doesn't. <laughs> but Nando's a little bitch, and I love him. Well, also, like, Jimmy probably didn't know that he was going to get docked for that. Because usually, like, free refills are, like, I don't know, coffee houses. Like, you you can at least get a refill for, like, what? Like, 25, 50 cents if you stay there? Yeah. yeah. So, and Nando's, like, sitting there all day. Like, I don't know, like, obviously with other coffee shops, but I have, like, all the coffee shops I've worked in, it's normally, like, you get refills on, like, hot coffees and other things but not like espresso stuff like that so it would make sense why he's getting charged for that yeah like like hot coffee tea because it's like actual like actual materials you're wasting but jimmy gathers up his tips and huffs out and meanwhile lip is blowing off the mit alumni that's been waiting on the gallagher porch for an hour and the guy says i was just interested to meet the kid with the gpa that you have that clearly plagiarized his application essay and Lip's like, what the fuck are you talking about? How realistic is that guy waiting an hour outside? Probably not waiting an hour, but alumni come to meet potential recruits, especially ones that, like, are definitely going to get some sort of scholarship that have, like, ridiculous IQs. Like, that happens mm. a lot. Yeah, I don't think he's just an alum. I think he's also, like, an admissions employee, something like that. Like, he's he's an admissions manager or supervisor or something. But Lip gets personally offended of the fact that he might have plagiarized his essay. And he sees it and he's like, my girlfriend submitted this. She plagiarized Nelson Mandela. Like word for word, straight up copy pasted. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> he's like, I figure she Googled good speeches and copy pasted them. Like, that's kind of adorable. And then her line, like later in the episode, he was like, how many of you? And she was like, yeah, and some bitch named Gandhi. <laughs> 
<laughs> the MIT guy seems like genuinely charmed by that and lips like and asks Lip if he still wants to do the interview and Lip's like and then he says it's not likely Lip would have gotten in anyway and like that was clearly goading him. Oh, that was fighting words. <laughs> and Lip's like and he's like you're clearly also going to need financial aid. You're fighting a losing battle and Lip's like oh fuck you give me a pen no that's the thing is that lip knows that he's trying to do like reverse psychology on him like he's like i know what you're trying to do but also my pride is too much i have to show you that i can fucking get into this like school but he's like he's like my power trip is that i'm going to get in and impress you but i'm not going to accept (laughs) yep over to christopher's house where he screams at frank about frank's big on-air display that frank has no idea about and Christopher's co-workers teased him so much he had to leave work. Mm. And his mom nearly had a heart attack because Christopher just got done convincing his mom that he wasn't gay. Hey, little Christopher. Frank had no idea he was all over the news all day. And Christopher asks if Frank is gay. And Frank says, I am whatever I need to be at the time I need to be it. My favorite Frank line. <laughs> Pansexual king. <laughs> Not a single member of that family is straight. Not one. Not one. Uh, So Christopher's mom calls again and he asks and he has to convince her that he is not gay, but she simply will not let him speak. He's like, mom, 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 mom. And like, she won't let him get a word in. Jimmy walks out of work over to the car he's been driving and sees the guy he stole the car from pull out his key fob and be like, I found my stolen car. What was astonishing to me that guy kept that key fob in his bag or on his keys that whole year. Well, wasn't it only like a, oh, did he say it was a year? I thought it was like a week before or something. But it's also like, did Jimmy, like, how did he know that it was his car? Did Jimmy just like not change the plates? He just didn't bother. Because that's like, that's like how you get caught. He knows it was a stolen car, so, like, he knew it was likely that this guy, like, would recognize that that that, that this guy saying that this is my stolen car might yeah, be. Yeah, but it's a car. Like, there are people who could have the same make and model as you. Like, did he keep the license plate? Because that's just how you get, that's, like, number one way to get caught. The guy mentions that he saw a scratch on it that he remembered making with his friend. He's yeah. like, no, that's, remember yeah, when he did that? Yeah, I was about to that? say, I was like, there's something on the car that, like, signifies that it's hers. Because he pulls out the key and he's like whoa so yeah. what okay yeah why does he have the key still yeah why does he have the key <laughs> still? stolen didn't he say the insurance already covered it yeah 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 jimmy acts like a casual passerby and talks the guy out of calling the guy's like we should call the cops and jimmy's like if you do that they're gonna keep it as evidence why don't you just take the car and the guy's like yeah insurance already covered it. it's like found money let's just fucking take the car and nando pulls up and asks why is that man driving your car and jimmy's like because it's stolen he stole your car? No, I stole his car. I stole it back when life was fun and the world had meaning. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy does not have a good day today. <laughs> yeah. I love the scene, though, of them throwing the car seat out of the car. Like, why throw it? Fucking. <laughs> he just, like, looks at it. And Jimmy, like, picks it up and just keeps walking. Doesn't get in the car with Nando. Just keeps walking with the car seat in his hand. Over to the alibi, Frank walks into everyone congratulating him on coming out, and everyone asks why he did it, because he's not gay. Tommy, shut the fuck up. Tommy, shut the fuck up with your gay jokes. Mickey's gonna punch you in the face. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, Season three, Mickey would not. Season three, Mickey would laugh and put his arm around him. <laughs> <laughs> and Tommy? Season three, Mickey would be like, so true, Tommy. 
And Tommy, knock it off with the jokes because you get one edible in you and you're gayer than the month of June, my guy. Just saying. Why did they never touch on that again, too? I would like to know. They baited it Tommy even says the F slur in this scene. Fuck off. Well, apparently he's allowed to because he's gay, so. (laughs) (laughs) Internalized. Frank gets frustrated and leaves. And at the Gallagher house, Lip, in like big fat liar style, like is writing his essay and we're getting like we're getting like the montage of him writing it and him narrating pieces of it very big fat liar okay lip kind of does remind me of frankie muniz a little bit jeremy <laughs> does kind of remind me of frankie muniz a little bit so i met frankie muniz oh yeah yeah i met him in 2017 he was um he was the tour manager of a band at a concert i saw oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. dope Uh, But the MIT guy asks Lip what he would want to study, and Lip says robotics, but he doesn't want to take the 200-level bullshit courses. He just wants the shit in front of him. And the guy's like, why? And Lip's like, because I'd like to hang out with C-3PO in my lifetime, and at the rate you're going, that's just not gonna happen. That line is so cute, because the guy also, like, smirks with him. Remember when Lip had dreams? Mm -hmm. But it is, like, even the kids that go to MIT and are, like, super geniuses, or even the kids who are, like, finishing out their years, like, almost about to graduate, don't just get to, like, have the shit in front of them. Yeah. Like, sorry, Lip, you're not special. (laughs) But that's why Lip is, like, so opposed to college. He's like, it's such bullshit jumping through hoops when I just want to do the thing. Yeah, and he'd rather just steal the... Well, you gotta get through the bullshit to be able to just do the thing, because then when you're, like, actually are graduated and stuff they'll let you just like play with the shit (laughs) yeah and lip says geniuses like this guy just modify algorithms but that big changes don't happen little by little they happen all at once and lip is a star wars nerd that knows that c-3po knows over six million forms of communication he was like yeah that dude's badass he knows over six forms of music (laughs) lip is a star wars fan ian's a star trek fan Final answer. Oh my god. Over to Jimmy being held at gunpoint at the ATM by a teenage girl and Nando doing absolutely nothing to stop it. Poor Jimmy. He's just not having a good day. He's having the worst day. Fucking, we get an iconic Jimmy scream though. I love it when Justin throws a fit. Yes. Oh, when his forehead, when his forehead, (laughs) his his forehead vein pops out and he's like, ah. I Justin throwing a fit and just screaming and jumping up and down is is my favorite. He smashes the car seat apart. And Nando's like, okay, you know what? This man has had enough. And he takes pity on him and invites him out for a drink. Meanwhile, Frank walks by a gay bar and a gay guy yells the F-slur at him to invite him in to buy him a drink. And he's like, do not call me that. <laughs> well, Frank, Frank is so funny. He gets like so offended. And then they're like, yo, chill. Like, you're one of us. And then Frank's yeah. like, Okay, I'm vibing. Isn't there a delete? There's a deleted scene from this episode where Frank is- Ian is is in the bar too. Yeah, and then he like sees him. He's like, Frank? (laughs) Yeah. I did never see that deleted scene. That's so funny. Oh, you should look it up. It's so good. I I wish it didn't get deleted. It was like, it was funny, but it was also like, okay. Honestly though, it kind of doesn't fit with Ian's vibe in this episode. Yeah, like it was kind of, it didn't contribute to the plot, but it would have been fun to see. Yeah. Back at the Gallagher's, Ian mopes uh, in the back door with Mandy, and she says he's been weird all day. And then Lip tells her, you plagiarized Nelson Mandela, and you shouldn't have applied to schools for me without asking. And she goes off because she did ask. She tried for weeks to get him to finish the applications. And then when he wouldn't do it, she just fucking did it herself. 
And she's like, do you know how goddamn expensive those applications were and how fucking long the essays were? You should show some goddamn gratitude and say thank you, maybe. And then it's a hard cut to him slamming her naked up against a dresser. He's like, thank <laughs> you! He's like fucking her. <laughs> they like break the door to his room. Their fucking is so violent. Because it's just the it's just the screen door, yeah. It's so much. And maybe they were like so comfortable doing like violent, crazy sex scenes like that because they were actually a couple at the time. But like, it's a lot. Back at work, Fiona is doing a good job and her temp gig gets extended by a few weeks. She's gonna have a solid paying job for a few weeks now. And her supervisor's like, can you just dress like a little bit more conservatively? Which like fair, she is wearing V's role playing outfit. So like its whole purpose is to be a little bit slutty. So I understand. Yeah, a little bit short. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like that bad. But also, wasn't she like not wearing tights or anything like that? She's not wearing tights. Yeah, she's not wearing tights. And so everyone is like, hmm, looking at this new girl. It's like a very short skirt. So like, I can, especially like, even beyond all that, like, offices are usually fucking cold. Get a longer skirt. Well, that's what she was saying. They were like, aren't you going to be cold without any like tights on? And then, or that's what V says to her. And she's like, I'm warm blooded. Like, I'll be fine. Something like that. And she, and they're like, just keep the language to yourself. And Fiona's like, oh, shit, fuck, sorry. Like, it's like a little cursing fit. It's really cute. But her supervisor laughs it off. Like, finally, this woman seems to be like warming up to Fiona. Yeah, finally, she doesn't have the freaking like stake in her back. Yeah. She's like, okay, no, I get your vibe now. Everything's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And the gay co-worker says to tell Frank he's a big fan. And Fiona, like, doesn't even process that. She's like, whatever you say, my guy. Down by the river, uh, I know you guys said that this is one of your favorite scenes. Nando says Jimmy is not good enough for Fiona, that he's a rich boy born with a silver spoon in his mouth. And that you can go Nando's way of poor to having money, but going the other way is, like, not possible. Mm -hmm. Like, you just end up bitter. Yeah, I talk about this scene a lot because I feel like this scene is, like, kind of the climax of Jimmy's whole storyline and, like, knowing why he thinks the way he he thinks and, like, how his character kind of devolved that way. Like, Mm -hmm. he was so into the fantasy of, like, living with Fiona and, like, you know, committing to her and her family. And then when he actually, like, it really started to set in like how they live their lives. He was like, this isn't what I'm used to and I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And Nando says, Jimmy, you should leave before you get this girl pregnant and you're stuck and you're bitter and resentful forever. And then he's like, you know what, Jimmy, go on a walk. Think about it. I won't follow you. <laughs> if you break any laws, I'll chop your hands off. Jimmy needed that. Jimmy like needed to just be alone for five fucking minutes. Mm-hmm. And Nando gives that to him. He's like, you know what? I see it. Go off by yourself for a minute and think about your life. Back at home, Lip and Mandy are spooning. And Mandy says she used different inspirational speeches for every application. And he asks, why did you apply to places so far away? And she's like, I kind of hoped you'd take me with you. Oh, honey, that's not how that works. (laughs) Yeah, she was like, she was like, aren't you going to miss? Or he was like, aren't you going to miss me? And she was like, well, I was hoping I'd come with you. And she says he's treated her better than anyone ever has. And that Lip is better than everyone in this neighborhood and deserves to get out even if he doesn't take her with him. Oof. Ouch. And like, this is the scene that makes Lip realize that Mandy is a good person. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the scene that makes that makes it click for him. And like, it's genuinely so sweet. And like, they finally have returned to the same page with each other in this scene. But from one sad Milkovich to another sad Milkovich. This scene, I don't want it. The scene is so freaking good. And yes, I did pause it, recap the whole thing from memory and then enjoy (laughs) watching it. So Ian finally finds Mickey in one of the abandoned buildings again. And Mickey has been sitting there drinking all day. 
And Ian's like, so you're getting married? Who is it? Angie Zago or some other piece of trash you screw so that you can pretend I don't matter to you? Ian, come on. But also he like already knows who it is. <laughs> yeah. Why would he ask that? He Apparently already knows. he doesn't. No, he does because he's because Mandy's like, yeah, he knocked that bitch up. Like, or he knocked some bitch up. And Ian's like, oh, well, what girl did Mickey have sex with? I don't know. Maybe he just assumed that he like went back to fucking girls or something. I don't yeah. know. But-, but Mickey is drinking and Ian is pissed and Ian throws a bottle to get Mickey to fucking react to him and finally gets Mickey to go, what the fuck, Gallagher? And Ian says, oh, he speaks. Oh, he speaks. <laughs> also, Mickey sweater. Thank you so much. It's so good. The pain sweater. Not the sad sweater. Lynn, Lynn Palo be like the sad sweater. Bring out the sad sweater. Ian yells at Mickey about getting married without telling him and he pushes and pushes and pushes because he's so fucking hurt and angry and so unwilling to consider what Mickey has been suffering. And he begs Mickey to admit just this once that Mickey loves Ian and that Mickey is gay and Mickey fucking hits him to get him to shut the fuck up. And Ian's like, oh, does that make you feel better? And Mickey kicks Ian in the jaw and says he feels better now. And uh, like, and you get that slow-mo. And he, da- he finishes the bottle of, yeah. And it, it's yeah. really, really sad. But, like, I feel like it took so many rewatches for me to, like, come back and really be, and, like, fully understand, like, how close they were to each other and how, like, intertwined their lives were at that point, like, when all of that started to blow up. Because, like, in our brains, we're like, oh, well, they had, like, just had their first kiss. Like, they were, like, their relationship Mm -hmm. was developing. Like, why would it, just because it's traumatic doesn't mean that this breakup has to be so hard on both of them. You know what I mean? But then- They were best friends. They were best friends. But then I was thinking, yeah, I was like, I was like, oh my God, they were best friends. Oh my God, there were so many scenes that we didn't get to see of them probably being, like, very, very much boyfriends in love with each other. Like, like they weren't just best friends at this point. They were in a full fucking relationship. Yeah. And, like, the way this scene was shot, too, just like the hallway scene, there's a lot of spinning going around in this scene. A lot of, like, a lot of turmoil with the way the camera is moving in this scene. And, like, Noel's brilliance in the- Cam did great in this scene, too. But, like, Noel's brilliance in this scene, because on the page, this could have felt so fucking different. Mm -hmm. It could have been brutal and heartless and, like, Mickey was a bad person for reacting this way. But, like, you can see in his eyes that this is killing him doing Mm -hmm. this. And he, like, brushes away tears and, like, can't- Like, he- he has to get away from Ian. Like, he has to. The camera shots in this, the spinning shots in this scene are so good when it, like, circles Mickey when he's, like, wiping away his tears. Wiping the tears. Well, because he's like, I know that I can't let him in. But it hurts him so much. But it hurts him so much to push him away. But he's like, I know that I can't let him in because, like, of this, like, he's like, I'll die if I, like, we'll both die. It's dangerous for both of us. Like, at the end of the day, he's, like, trying to protect him in a weird fucked up way. But he's like, I can't push him away, so I'm going to make him want to push me away by, like, hitting him and stuff. And it's like, oh, my God. This scene fucks so hard. It's so good. Cam and Noel did that in this scene. Like, ugh. I have one beef with this scene, and it's that Noel's eyebrows aren't dark enough. Yeah, no, I agree. They're not dark enough. Oh, my God. They didn't fill them in. Please use that eyebrow pencil. It's really distracting. (laughs) It's it's actually really distracting for some reason. Like, I look at him, I'm like, that man has no eyebrows. They forget to be consistent with his eyebrows until he is, like, a main cast member. Because then they just started dyeing them, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Over to Karen, she walks up to her house and Lip breaks up with her and says he's with Mandy now. He finally sees that Mandy is good for him and Karen is not and he walks away. He like finally reached that point and he he breaks up with her and he fucking leaves. And in the house, Sheila is dressed up and playing with Debbie and Liam on the floor. She asks Debbie about boys and Debbie says, I'm not pretty like Fiona is. But you are, bestie. (laughs) Or you will be. I mean, she's obviously a child at this point, but it's like, but you will be, bestie. And Karen comes storming in fresh off a breakup, sees there's no food in the house, and Sheila still won't talk to her. So Karen, like, kicks through their little picnic on her way up back upstairs. They, like, built, like, something out of, like, popsicle sticks, and then she just completely destroyed it by, like, kicking it and breaking it. I Didn't we touch on this, but, like, what's with the symbolism of Karen coming back and immediately wanting to, like, eat all the time? I know, you mentioned that last week, that every, like, every scene with her in the house has been food. Every time we see her, she's, like, eating or looking for food. Like, she's, like, she's, like, super hungry looking for food or asking Sheila to make her something or if she's already eating, like, it's dinner time. Like, that one scene... She's looking in the fridge. Is it supposed to be like something because like, obviously maybe she didn't like eat a lot when she was away and she's just trying Probably to eat not, or whatever. Yeah. But I'm just like, yeah, it makes, but there's nothing prominent. Maybe it's because she's greedy. <laughs> or maybe she's trying to eat her feelings. Like who knows? Gluttonous. Yeah, I don't know. And Debbie asks, she's like, what did Karen do? And Sheila tells her that Karen told the Wongs that Sheila is bad for the baby. And she was like, I'm a little bit crazy, but, like, I take my meds and I'm working on myself and I am not bad for that baby. And Debbie's like, I've seen crazy and I've seen bad for kids. You are not either of those things. You are super nice. I'm like, ah. And she says if Monica had ever just said she was sorry and stayed, that Debbie would have forgiven her for everything. And they kind of do. Season yep. seven, when she comes back and she's got that brain condition and she says- Everyone. And she, she sticks around for a while. They, they kind of all start to forgive her. Like everybody, I guess, except for Ian until after she's dead because he's like kind of out of the house. That was when his big beef with Trevor happened because Trevor was like, I think your mom's pretty dope. And Ian was like, Fuck, Fuck you. <laughs> like, everybody except, like, because even Fiona was, like, having fun at the, like, wedding and stuff. Like, hmm, was it just think. because of the whole underlining Monica's gonna die? Do you think that they, they ended up being, like, I mean, probably maybe part kind of forgiving like her? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, because Monica, like, after Fiona obviously didn't forgive her when she was, like, dead, she, like, beat on her body and yeah. stuff. Beat the um, fuck out of her. She beat the hell out of her. But, uh, I don't know, like, Debbie and Lip both kind of forgave her when she came back, forgave her when she came back, like, Frank, because she, like, helped them with specific things. Like, she helped Debbie get Franny back from the, from Derek's family. Oh, yeah, I remember that. But here, Sheila says, she's like, I'm really sorry that Monica left, but, like, Debbie, you need to know that that wasn't your fault. And, like, they really both needed this day with each other. Like, she needed, like, a mom figure to vent stuff to, and Sheila needed a daughter figure to vent stuff to. Like, they needed they needed this day with each other. She needed a sane daughter to talk to. Yeah, it was really sweet. And, like, jo- just Joan and Emma just did a really good job in this scene. I really liked it. Back at the Gallagher's, we get the iconic shot of Mandy in her bra and panties sitting on Lip's bed smoking when she gets a phone call from Karen thanking Mandy for applying to colleges for Lip and telling Mandy that she and Lip have been fucking because Karen is a monster. Oh my god, she says some truly heinous stuff. Like, she's like, she's like, all I have to do is poke one little hole in a condom. He'll take me anywhere. Like, he'll take, he'll take me to college with him. Like, like... 
I got him wrapped around my finger and I just have to, and she's like, she's like, it doesn't even have to be his. It just has to look like his, like whatever. She's like saying all that shit. And Mandy's like, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) She's a fucking monster. Like the way that they wrote her when she came back, she was just a fucking monster. She was there just to cause chaos. Yeah. Meanwhile, at a gay club, Frank is doing karaoke to I Will Survive and my broken glee poisoned brain still still mashes it up with I'm a survivor just forever forever with the worms in my brain um glee seeps into your soul and there is no escape i Uh, think about in season 11 when mickey and ian saying i will survive over terry's burning ass body i try not did you also forget that 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 scene existed because i um, 100 did see here's the thing is that it's like when you're in the show and you're like in this dramatic headspace you're like that's really embarrassing that they did that but like realistically they are a little embarrassing with each other. They both very much yeah, like music. They like music. Leaders. They like to sing. They like to dance. And it's just like embarrassing when we see that on screen rather than like written out in like fan fiction or something. Yeah. Cause we're like, oh my God, we love our boys. Cause when I read it, when I read it, I'm like, oh, like, cause I get to like imagine it in my own way. But then when I actually see it, I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, they're so awkward. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in the gay club, a person in the crowd like eyes Frank up and then we cut to them blowing Frank in the bathroom. It is unclear if this is a trans woman or a drag queen. So I'm just going to use they pronouns. They are very like, pretty yeah. though. Right? Yeah. Back to Fiona coming home from her day at work and stopping at the store to get some more office appropriate outfits. Like she, We see like a shot of her like a tailor, right? No, it's like a thrift store or something like a consignment shop. Yeah, it's like a thrift store that has like office like outfits in the window and then we see jimmy walking down the street getting propositioned by a woman on the street when an ambulance passes by and something happens on jimmy's face when he sees that ambulance like a like a little light bulb goes off he's like oh right my friend from med school (laughs) yeah Uh, my i was thinking about this earlier about like his buddy from med school what are the odds that his buddy from med school from michigan is also in the same city of chicago as him Chicago and Michigan are pretty pretty close. Ann, Ar- Ann Arbor, like U of M to Chicago is like a pipeline for sure. Really? Um, I didn't know that. It's Chicago has only- like a lot of one of the bigger, like a lot of the bigger hospitals in the country. Yeah, it's not a far drive at all. U of huh, M has I didn't like know a really, that. U of M has a really great medical school because I go to U of M. Um, has a really great medical school. Yeah, I don't know. Plus like Chicago, like I feel like we don't really, um, when we think about Chicago, because it's like big city, we don't really think about how close it actually is to Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, it's like on the top right part of Illinois. And so it's like right on the border to Michigan. That's like, so from- weird. I never realized how close it was. Because I've been to, I went to Chicago like over a decade ago. And then I went to Michigan about like two years ago. Yeah, like Jimmy's family's house is in Michigan. And Debbie like took a bus to get there. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's, it's, um, or that's what he says. I think they actually just live on the north side. But, um, Jimmy went to school in Ann Arbor and there's like an Amtrak and stuff. Cause they were like, she was literally like, he, he was talking to Fiona. He was like, it's a four hour train ride. Like you can do that on the weekend when they were like arguing about whether or not they should do distance or she should just move out there with him. Yeah. Like where my roommates live, they live like kind of on the left part of Michigan. It's only a two hour drive to go to Chicago for them. They do that shit like as a weekend trip. That's so yeah. fun. And um, I'm like, um, oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> in the Gallagher living room, V is still going on about circumcision. And V asks, what if their kid is trans? They, that person will need the, their extra skin for bottom surgery. Icon. <laughs> and is the language she uses perfect? No. But like, yay. W- we love that. Thank you, V. Great heart. <laughs> 
She's got the right idea. She's like, she brought that up because of the gay gift baskets. She's like, the gay gift baskets around are making me think maybe our kid might be trans. We don't know. Uh, I bet there's some good cheese in those gay gift baskets. Yep. (laughs) All back to the cheese. I love me some cheese. Fiona comes home and sees that Frank has gay fans who sent gift baskets. And Debbie explains the Sheila code pink. And Fiona's like, oh, okay. And she's like no longer upset about Debbie missing school. Carl with his one line in this episode. <laughs> have we seen him we at We have all? not seen him once. I was about to say, I was like, where's he been? Homeboy, homeboy is gone. <laughs> he asks if Frank is really gay. And everyone's like, no, it's a scam. It's always a scam. And Fiona asks where Jimmy is. And they all have a great time raiding the, the baskets and Fiona's like she turns to Kev she's like do you think he's still thinking if there's any cheese but I'm fun we love full wow. circle I love cheese meanwhile while they are all giggling over these baskets from the gay fans of Frank Ian is upstairs literally weeping <laughs> bruised holding a bag of peas to his swollen face about to slip into a bipolar depressive episode this scene is so heartbreaking but it's, it's so kind of funny <laughs> it is a little funny the way he cries I'm like oh <laughs> No, don't cry like that. Well, I like that's the thing is like the family didn't know. Like yeah. he didn't he was like, I'm middle child, I'm not gonna bother anybody with my problems except maybe Lip every once in a while. But even then, he doesn't really tell Lip like that much. So yeah. it's like it's he didn't like, tell him about the Mickey thing until like next episode. So everyone's like everyone's like, What the hell is going on with Ian? Why is he all depressed? And then they're like, Well, he didn't say anything and he didn't seem open to talking about it, so I'm just going to ignore it. Middle child. At Karen's house, Sheila comes in and apologizes for being crazy when Karen was little and taking so long to get herself balanced. She took Debbie's advice. She just walked in and apologized. And she also apologizes for taking up with Jody, even if Karen didn't want him anymore. That wasn't okay for her to do. And like, John Kuzak, I love you. Karen almost responds to Sheila, but then she gets a text from Lip asking to meet her in the park. And Sheila's like, oh, are you going to start seeing Lip again? And Karen's like, I really hope so. And then she leaves and she walks outside and conveniently the actress is wearing a full pink hoodie over her. So that when she turns her back and gets hit by a car. (laughs) Why is that scene kind of funny? It's really funny. Because it's so sudden. Because like somebody speeds by her in the street like almost hitting her and she flips them off and they yell at her and then she turns back around she turns back around and just boom hit to shit literally she goes flying and then the sound of her landing on the concrete and then her like deadless stare into the camera yeah her eyes are like open and it's like oh but also it's a little bit funny yeah well like anybody getting hit by a car is funny in a show because like it's so clearly fake that it's yeah in real life i would be like i'm crying and screaming and peeing my pants but but it's so cgi that it's kind of funny karen in the show i'm like i'm like this is kind of funny (laughs) yeah and then at christopher's house chris's mom has come over to his house and they locked frank out and threw his shit out onto the lawn We go over to Jimmy again. He is at the hospital asking his friend about emergency medicine, how long school takes and how much the pay would be. And the guy's like, you know, it's also nice to like save people's lives. That's like a good part of the job. (laughs) Yeah, that he's like, how much is the pay? Is it really good? Like, are you stable? And he's like, yeah, the saving the lives part is pretty great, too. Well, but also (laughs) like specifically, Jimmy is interested in emergency medicine because he likes chaos just like yeah Fiona, that's why they worked so well together he's an adrenaline junkie mm-hmm. and so he likes the thrill of like saving somebody in the midst of an emergency and like is he seeing it as a shortcut 
to more of the life he used to have. Yeah, but it's also nice to see Jimmy have dreams. I like it. He was like, I'm willing to go back to med school for a year. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. And then the next morning, Frank wakes up on Christopher's lawn and Bradley Whitford is standing over him, offering, offering to buy him food and have a chat. And at the Milkovich house, Mandy is wiping blood off the hood of her car with a busted up windshield. And Mickey, still drinking, walks by and asks, who'd you hit? She says, a girl from school. He's like, remember to check behind the grill for hair and call our cousin about the windshield. (laughs) The casualness. I mean, like immediately, it's like, it's like, who'd you hit? Not what did you hit? Not like, did you hit a deer? Like what? No, he's like, no, who? Who was it? Who was it? You hit somebody, you crazy bitch. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I know who our family is. At a steakhouse, Bradley Whitford is trying to convince Frank to be the face of the gay rights movement for his own for his own political purposes. And then we get the episode title in the scene, Frank the Plumber, because they're talking about Joe the Plumber. This entire episode, by the way, took place over the course of one and a half days. Like, Frank waking up on the lawn is the first daybreak we have in the whole fucking episode. That's that was insane. all one day that that all happened in. Mandy decided in a single day to hit Karen with a car. Yeah, no, that she is literally- so funny. So girl boss of her. <laughs> she got that phone call that that like that afternoon and then hit her and then yeah. hit her that fucking night. Um girl, girl boss. boss. Moment. <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed with like the fact that it takes place over the course of a day, but it does kind of feel like the episode ends four or five different times. Mm-hmm. Like the Ian shot and then the Karen thing and then Frank meeting the guy and then cleaning off the car. Each of them feels like the last scene of the episode. So every time there's a new one, it's like, okay, all right. So when does it end? (laughs) And then it's like the only thing that throws me off about this episode. Other than that, I love it. And the credit scene is V and Kev doing their hospital role play. She's like pulling his leg and he's like, ow, ow, ow. They gotta, they gotta break up. They gotta break up the, the tension at the end of the episode. They're like, well, we gotta do something a little funny. It's like the same play, the same play in the last episode, how they just have really sensitive and dark underlining tones and then the very last cutscene is like huh. uh, i couldn't find the end credit song for this episode and i don't have what's up next i next next week might be the wedding or the uh, episode 11 no, might be the it, wedding episode 11 is the wedding next week is kind of like filler it's a lot it, like not a lot of ian it's a lot of um fiona and mike a lot of the next one is like Lip taking care of, like Lip going to Karen because Karen's like getting out of the hospital. Oh, and Mandy being like, "Why do you care so much?" Still, yeah. Um. So a lot of it because she's like in a coma basically the whole episode. So a lot of the next one is about Karen. So yeah, that's next week. Uh, but what did we think of this week, guys? I love this episode. This episode is so good. I really. It also sets up a lot for next episode because as much as I hate Frank, like this gay storyline is so interesting and it's so really funny. funny. Oh yeah, the next basically the whole next episode is all about the gay storyline. I love. I I thought it was kind of funny. This storyline was kind of funny. So many iconic scenes in this episode. Like there are so many scenes in this episode that I think about like a lot. Mm, there's so many good lines in this scene too. Uh, but I I really love this episode. Like the Ian and Mickey scene is fucking iconic. Mm-hmm. And that like that shot of Mandy in Lip's bedroom, I think about all the time. But like it's such a good shot. Mark my lord, you did it again. Mark my lord directed the hell out of this I episode. I know, he, he did it again. How many scenes from this episode were used in fan edits? All of them. All Absolutely. of them. The whole thing. The whole like, thing. Like, Krista did a hell of a job editing this episode, or writing this episode, but Mark directed the hell out of this mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. 
Um, and so thank you guys all for joining us in this speed run of season three, episode nine, Frank the Plumber. I really enjoyed it, even though it is 900 degrees in my room right now. <laughs> um, it was so nice talking to you guys. I missed you. I missed you yeah. guys so much. I'm glad we could finally make some time because all of our schedules. Uh, where can they follow you real quick before Evan's computer dies? Um, you guys can go ahead and follow me on TikTok and Instagram. Um, actually, I actually had to change my TikTok name because I didn't realize my username has been shadow banned for the last year. Uh, so my Instagram is I want to die 4000 and then my TikTok is uh, U-N-E-V-A-N-T. So like unvent, but with my name in it instead. Amanda, where can they find you? You can find me at AbnormalAmanda on Twitter, at AbnormalAmanda18 on Instagram, at AbnormalAmanda underscore 18 on TikTok, where I've just started my Shadowhunters rewatch. Uh, you can follow the show at LuckWeHadPod on Instagram, at LuckWeHadPod on Twitter. You can email us, LuckWeHadPod at gmail.com. Lena, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at Kojak, C-O-J-A-C-K-K. They can find me on Twitter at Holmvik, but the L is an I. We love workaholics in this house. Follow us. DM us. Somebody DM me today about a theory that they uh, they think that Fiona and V met when uh, one of the kids got like bruised up and V came out of her house to help out with them. And Fiona's like, hey, what's your deal? Yeah. And like V like took that. them in as like a mama bear. And I'm like, love that. I, I love, love that. that idea. DM us your headcanons. Email us your thoughts about the show. Uh, let us know if you want a sticker. Their the information of them is in a highlight on our Instagram. We got big ones. We got little ones. <laughs> you can find the link to our website in our Instagram and our Twitter bio. Uh, rate us, review us, and subscribe. It really does matter. And that's all I can remember of the spiel. Yep, yeah. that's all I can say. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you guys for Thanks listening. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Until next time, goodbye. Bye. Bye.